0: time management, file and image management. And yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. We're officially live here. Um, yet another workflow Wednesday. Thank you for those of you who are both watching on Facebook live or maybe listening after the fact on the Boca podcast. Thanks for joining us for workflow Wednesday by photographers edit. Thank you to Haley and Heather as well for being here. Hello, Haley and Heather.
1: Hey, Nathan. Hey, Hey Haley.
0: Hey. And uh, for those of you that are new to the idea of workflow Wednesday, very simply, we figured we'd create what will hopefully be some practical and helpful content around the conversation of workflow. Um, and my years working with photographers at it and helping marketing for the brand and ultimately trying to create content that's helpful for our audience. I've spent quite a bit of time actually creating content around the topic of workflow. And ultimately, it just seems like kind of a nerdy topic. I think a lot of times a lot of people kind of get bored by the idea. And um so we figured, you know what, well, let's try to make it more practical and personal, and let's just have some conversation, a round table, if you will, around the idea of workflow. And, What's interesting about workflow is it really encompasses encompasses pretty much every area of our life, personally and professionally. There's some type of workflow going on all of the time, whether we've consciously created it or not. Uh, The goal, of course, with this content is that hopefully we will be much more conscious and proactive in creating workflows that are efficient, not only for our personal life, but also for our business as well. And that will then translate not only to more successful business, uh, but ultimately to more freedom and flexibility in our lives as business owners. So that's kind of the thought process behind these. Now, this is technically, I guess, Workflow Wednesday episode number four. Uh, we started with an introductory episode, and then um, we're actually doing a series right now on health. Usually, we'll we'll do a series within a month. So Uh, The idea was for February, we're going to focus on taking care of our health because, again, that's part of workflow as well, especially as entrepreneurs trying to create that time and efficiently take care of our health from a a nutrition standpoint, an exercise standpoint. Today, we're going to be talking about mental health. Um, That's part of a workflow as well. So uh, February and now extending slightly into March, uh, we were focusing and we are focusing on the topic of taking care of our health as entrepreneurs, as photography business owners. And um, so we started in February, we've, we've done a few episodes already today, episode technically number four, we're going to be talking about mental health, and we'll, we'll define that term here in just a little bit, or that phrase in just a little bit, but these are both going out right now on Facebook Live, and uh, so again, for those of you who may be watching right now, thanks for joining us, and, uh, and then this episode, uh, it is Wednesday, and this episode would go out later today on Wednesday, uh, March 7th, on the Boca Podcast. And for those of you who aren't subscribed already to the Boca podcast, you can go to bocapodcast.com. And uh, you can also follow us on Instagram just at Boca Podcast. And that's a podcast we have over 100 episodes out now. And we're getting ready to we were just talking about this before we started. We're getting ready to push out another 15 or so in the next couple of weeks. We have a kind of a backlog of content. It's pretty exciting. And it covers a range of topics around photography and business and just ultimately doing life as photography business owners. And uh, so that's going to be, well, that has been an ongoing project the last year and a half or so, and we're continuing to develop it. I'm really excited about the direction that's been going. But you may be listening to this on the podcast as well. And the plan uh, is on a weekly basis to push out this Workflow Wednesday episode on Wednesday, Wednesday evening or so, probably around or by about 5 Eastern or so. So, you can look for that on the Book of Podcast. And, and by the way, this is produced by Photographers Edit, uh, post production for the wedding, custom post production for the wedding and portrait photographer. We do offer editing services that range from both custom color correction to retouching as well. And so, you can go to photographersedit.com. You can also follow us at uh, on Instagram at Photogs Edit. And if you have any questions, suggestions for future series topics or individual topics for the Workflow Wednesday show, something that you're curious about when it comes to workflow, don't hesitate to just email me, Nathan, at photographersedit.com. And uh, I'd love to get your thoughts, your suggestions, your ideas, your criticisms, or, or constructive criticisms, ideally, no. uh, for that matter. Always like that kind of feedback. I, I, I just recently got some really great feedback from a couple of photographers about the podcast, and I almost immediately made change there. And it's been a really, um, really, there's been some really positive results from it. So don't hesitate to reach out uh, about your ideas or suggestions. Mm-hmm. But for right now, what I'd like to do is I, I already mentioned Facebook Live, um, and, and we are. T- touching on the topic this month of of health. And it's a really big topic. I realize that we're only spending 45 to maybe 60 minutes talking about a very, very large topic. Um, But what I will say, especially when it comes to health, uh, just a reminder that I'll put out there is is the fact that we, neither none of us, Heather, myself, Haley, are doctors or nutritionists or mental health experts or professionals. Uh, This is just simply a conversation amongst entrepreneurs, photography entrepreneurs talking about our experiences, sharing what we've learned, what's worked for us, maybe what's not worked for us. And uh, we just wanna create some conversation around this that will hopefully in some way be helpful or practical for you as you're listening in or watching. So uh, I just wanna make sure we put that, that reminder out there as well. Do go back to Workflow Wednesday episode number two and three, we talked about uh, taking care of our health from the standpoint of nutrition. So how to efficiently prepare nutritious meals for ourselves through the week. and uh, and then also in Episode 3, we talked about exercise and how we manage our exercise life for the sake of maintaining health and how to do so efficiently. So you can check those out in Episodes 2 and 3, again, on the Facebook page, but uh, you can also check these out um, on the Boca podcast as well. By the way, if you are listening in on the podcast or you, maybe you're new to the podcast, uh, we are certainly on the podcast app, the Apple Podcast app. We're also on, the, um, uh, on Skitch and we're on Spotify, which, frankly, as far as an interface, um, just ease of listening and being able to scan back through episodes and pick a topic that you want to go to is the best interface I've seen yet. really, really great. Um, so check out those platforms. One of those platforms I'm sure you're familiar with or maybe you already used. So you can check out the podcast there. Now, I mentioned earlier that we are kind of we're really we're hitting a massive topic today. And um, that is the topic of mental health. When it comes to taking care of our health, more specifically, mental health. And we were discussing the definition, um, maybe that, that for the sake of context in our conversation today, what we might suggest is the definition of mental health for the sake of our conversation. And I think, um, and Heather and Haley, I'd love for you, again, maybe just share your takes on this. But um, for the sake of our conversation today, I want to be really specific and say that what we're actually talking about is the notion of peace of mind. How do we as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. maintain a sense of peace? Peace of mind, minimizing anxiety, minimizing stress, uh, and hopefully most of the time being happy. Um, mm-hmm. How do we make an effort in that regard? Because you know this this phrase "mental health" is thrown around quite a bit these days. It used to have very heavy and serious uh, medical connotations, and it still does in some contexts but not always. And, and uh, there's a tendency, I think, in our society and culture to kind of throw terms and phrases around and, and not get very specific about definition. And so a lot gets lost in conversation. So again, for the sake of context today, um, when we talk about mental health, what we're talking about is an effort as business owners, as photography business owners to maintain a sense of peace of mind. Of course, that's get, that is that is going to look different for each of us. And we're going to get into that here in just a little bit. But any thoughts or comments to add to that I, that, that definition, Heather or Heavy?
1: no i i think that um to for me when i think about the issue of mental health and the the word can sound so severe like you said uh to me what i what i've learned is that if i take care of myself in a daily kind of way i can prevent ending up in a place where um I, what i would have previously associated with the term mental health which is Something being severely wrong, you know, so I think for me, it's just that the connotation here is let's learn some skills uh, that we can um, that we can utilize on a daily basis for our for our health, for our peace of mind, for our mental health. And you have to think about the fact that we're we have a physical body, we have a mind, we have emotions, we have spirit. and, And those are all so interconnected. And I think that's why it gets a little bit challenging to separate one out and talk about it to the exclusion of the rest. And so I think that there's so many interconnected pieces here. It's complicated, but I think I'm excited to tackle this with you guys and try to um, mainly just share some really practical tips that have helped me over the years.
0: Yeah, it's it's really tough, again, especially in the context of a, you know, what, 30 or 45 minute conversation. And and we realize that we acknowledge it. We're just, we want to touch on these topics, uh, again, from personal experience and hopefully in in a practical way, Mm -hmm. that might be helpful and um, if, if those of you listening in or watching have suggestions as to how we could better tackle the topic or maybe come mm-hmm. back to it at a later point, we're certainly open to those. Haley, any, any thoughts to add to that?
2: I think Heather said it pretty well. Um, I, I definitely think that this topic needs to be talked about, especially in this industry as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And it's so easily overlooked by individuals and then the community as a whole. So I'm glad we're talking about it.
0: Cool. Well, then let's let's just kind of uh, dive in uh, to the topic as as we will. And maybe, Haley, you can start for us and just talk a little bit about um, your background, maybe struggles uh, in the, the realm of mental health. And when it comes to this idea of kind of maintaining peace of mind, what does that look like for you? What are some of the things that you may have had a hard time with?
2: Yeah, so I actually touched on it in the very first Workflow Wednesday episode. And I was a photographer for about seven years. And in October of 2016, I hit that burnout stage and ended up quitting photography. I would pick things up for friends, like if they wanted me to shoot stuff. But I so October 2016, I ended up that was when I got married and I shot a wedding the first weekend of the month, two weeks, two weeks before that, too. And then had many sessions every other weekend, had my wedding, went on my honeymoon, came back, shot another wedding. And it was like I was burnt out. But it wasn't just that. I was also working an eight to five job every day. So I don't remember seeing doing anything. I didn't go to a pumpkin patch or (laughs) hang out with friends or do all the fall things that everyone loves to do. And so in that, I think it was December, I decided I can't do this anymore. You know, I need to focus on what goals I have for my career. And I don't think photography is that. So I'm just going to throw photography to the side and forget about it. I won't book any weddings next year. I will only do sessions for friends and family. And that's it. I'm done advertising. And like, if you go back to my Facebook page, it's empty. There's nothing from the last year almost. And so I just hit that burnout. And for me, that's where my mental health kind of, I had to make a decision of what I wanted to do with my career and my life. And I couldn't just live a life that was only career. I had to live a life that included family and that balance everyone strives to have. I just didn't have it. And so to in order to obtain it, I just dropped photography. And now that I'm picking it back up, it's. I'm glad we're having this discussion so I can take all of our our thoughts on it and apply it to what i'm doing now Mm -hmm.
0: and and we're going to come back around to to some of the things you did it again on a practical level to address that uh well the 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 mental health issues again it sounds dramatic but but in that particular context the the stress that you were dealing with the overwhelm that you were dealing with um, how you were able to practically address that but Uh, on a more humorous note, which you suggest that uh, if anybody is ever overwhelmed that they just get married, is that the solution?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that had been planned for a year and a half. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I would, I would recommend that no photographer get married in October. If you want to keep your career in photography.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, Heather, let's, let's shift to you. Talk to us a little bit about um, your background when, when it comes to this topic of mental health.
1: Well, um, Rich and I have been running our business for about 11 years now, and it was something that we we got into because Rich was the photographer initially. He was the only one shooting, and it was something that he was drawn toward, passionate about. And so I, I, I went into this um, self-employment journey, this entrepreneurship journey of ours, sort of as just a bystander. It wasn't something like I didn't grow up with dreams of being an entrepreneur. I didn't grow up with dreams of having running my own business. Um, in fact, my personality is probably very well suited for a nine to five where you leave work at work and you go home and you, you truly disengage mentally with the work from the day. Well, that's not how it works for, for self-employed, uh, you know, business owners, as we know. So I, I didn't realize what was happening over the years, but I was basically, um, I would have these stresses, whether it was the financial stress of the inconsistency of being self-employed and not really, you know, there's no consistent paycheck there. And so just the 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 financial stress, you know, stress of just not really knowing or being able to plan for the next year very well, because you don't know exactly what that's going to look like or the stress of having a lot to do during certain seasons of the year um, or the stress of just uh, life and parenting and responsibilities. And I think what happened for me was my stress was not an obvious um, it was not really, pre- it didn't really present itself in very obvious ways to me, but I realized looking back that my brain, my, uh, had gotten in these kind of like these negative patterns of thinking where I would feel stressed and rather than recognize that that was stress and see it for what it was, it sort of had a cumulative effect over the years. And so rather than having tools to be able to just de-stress on a daily or a weekly basis and recognize what was happening, um, I think that I just developed some unhealthy patterns of thinking. Um, The stress would just sort of compound over over time. And to where I really, what I believe happened was that the stress that I was feeling and the anxiety that I was feeling and not recognizing and not dealing with was... really suppressing my immune system, I believe. And I was having all kinds of physical symptoms of anxiety, which I, it took me a long time to identify that that's what was going on. But hey,
0: Heather, can I interject here for just
1: yeah.
0: you clarify for our listeners too, when you're talking about um, ways of thinking that were yeah. actually manifestations of stress, can you give an example or two of, of those ways of thinking that you're talking about?
1: Yeah. Um, I think I've I've read some really interesting studies about mental health and psychology. And um, what I found really interesting about some of these, and I can link to the TED talk, talk that I'm talking about specifically, um, is that some some uh, really interesting studies have been done that have revealed that the way that we view our stress is can actually be more impactful um, and significant than actually the stress itself. So if we fee- are feeling stress on an ongoing basis as a business owner, due to the different responsibilities and obligations, and we're viewing it as a negative thing, which I was, then our body is going to respond to that in a different way than if we say, you know what, these stressors that I'm feeling, this is part of life, I'm going to rise to the challenge, I'm going to figure out how to best work through this, I'm going to, you know, hone in on my workflows, I'm going to basically, and I think that And I wish I was more of that person naturally, but my patterns of thinking tended to be more negative and fatalistic in the sense that it felt overwhelming. It felt like it was too much. Um, That's kind of like, not the victim mentality in the sense that, oh, woe is me, but this is really hard. Um, I'm not sure how to fix it. Um, These are the patterns of thinking or the ruts that my brain was in and my body was responding to this. And um, again, I was having all kinds of physical symptoms that um, I believe very strongly were a result of that, my just being in, staying in that place of that cumulative stress, not figuring out how to deal with that on a just in, a, in terms of mental health, you know, and wellness. Um, so I'm excited about the tips that I'm going to be sharing because um, they are, most of them are free or very low cost and, and easy to do even. So.
0: Well, that's really great. Or and they're very yeah. really
1: effective for me in terms of mental health. So.
0: That's perfect. And, and it is interesting how I mean, you talk about free or low cost. Um, certainly the things that I've learned in this realm as well have been extremely low cost. Um, and and really, a lot of the solution, ironically, is right here. Um, that the very place that we think there are problems, mm-hmm. uh, well, there very well may, may be, uh, but then the solutions also reside there as well. And, and um, so I think we'll probably all be able to share something. That relates to that notion. But um, just very briefly to to summarize uh, where I come from as far as this topic again as well. And uh, by the way, for those of you who've watched, I don't know if I've ever ever commented, but uh, I got to point to the right direction. This picture behind me, these are my kids, Austin and Addison. That was years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, They were, I think, six and three maybe at the time. Um, They're now 16 and 12, and they both are just about my height, literally. Uh, even my twelve-year-old, so uh, that's who that is in the background. My kids.
1: I um, love that photo. It's always been my favorite.
0: Uh, they're they're um, they're certainly uh, pride and joy of mine. So <laughs> uh, anyway. Moving well, no, I feel it.
1: bad for not introducing my canvas cluster behind Wait,
0: me. You told the shit here. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll do
1: that next time.
0: Okay, perfect. Hey, Haley, do you have your cat nearby? That this you
2: can- is my pantry. And I do have my
1: cat. She's right here. And my dogs are right there.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Worth the cost of admission, right there. That's
0: awesome. Well, I'll just kind of briefly sum up kind of my background in this realm too, and and I, very simply. And, and probably very, very much like most, if not all of our listeners, stress is not a new concept to me. I mean, we most all of us deal with stress in one form or fashion, how we process it. And Heather, I love the distinction that you made uh, just a few minutes ago about the meaning that we associate with mm-hmm. that stressful experience, how we actually respond to that experience and the meaning that we ultimately give it is is has a lot to do with how we're able to handle it and come out from under it. And I'll talk a little bit about that here in just a bit, but... I, about really probably my lowest point, I would say, was about six years or so ago, um, not long after my ex and I split, and uh, I was on my own. And it was kind of weird because it was really the first time that I had ever lived on my own. I had I grew up, obviously, I was with my family until actually about 20 years old. Uh, I was 20. I was 20. I moved out from my, my family's house and lived on my own for about a month uh, in my in this apartment before I got married. And uh, so I, I didn't even know what it meant to be out on my own and be an individual. And that's really a whole conversation in itself. And it certainly played into, I think, some of the stress that I was dealing with and how I dealt with it. Uh, but really kind of the low point was about six years ago where I was holing up in my apartment um, when I didn't have my kids. And, and they, you know, I'd, I'd essentially spend the day and, and at times day in and day out with a bunch of junk food and movies and just escape from the world. And um, fortunately, I have a, a wonderful team of people that were continuing to help move photographers' edit forward, uh, well then and now. Um, but at this point, where I was so kind of disconnected from the, not only my business but life in general, and and not very engaged with people, certainly in person anyway, um, I was it was a really really dark time, and and the the, the places that I would go in my head were were quite dark as well. And most people that know me wouldn't guess that I, that I had gone there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just a reality at that point. And I, and I was in that space for a bit of time, um, at, at which point I began to read a book that I'm going to share here in just a little bit that made a significant impact on my life. But just looking back and speaking to why I was in that extremely depressive state, um, and, and of course, the, the reactions to that. I mean, I was watching movies, which essentially provided an escape from reality. I was able to go live in another reality, experiencing emotions that I wanted to experience in my own reality, just wasn't experiencing, whether that was... Um, you know, love or happiness or or otherwise, and um, in fact, I, I watched movies way, way too much. And and again, this was years ago. I've I've cataloged over time, uh, and certainly prior to that six-year time point, um, uh, close to nine hundred movies in an app called uh, IMDb. And a chunk of those movies I watched during during this segment of time there, where I was just I was escaping. And movies were that, and I've since stopped watching movies as much because I, I saw it for what it was. It was an escape from reality. I mean, entertainment is great. I love movies. I still go to. I just went to to one the other day that was that was really good, actually. Um, but there was not a um, at the time psychologically it was just unhealthy behavior, especially the the obsessive nature of it. And then of course food, the dopamine hit, the sense of control. Uh, but it was it centered around very unhealthy food, and because of that. Uh, of course, that affected my health and weight gain and so forth, uh, but that was that was the behavioral patterns there. What I realized now looking back, and I'll talk about the solutions coming up here, but what I realized now looking back was really what was driving that, that extremely depressed state uh, was number one, fear, uh, fear of what would happen if I addressed whatever situation that was stressing me out at the time, um, but fear and then the resulting lack of action, and it was kind of a vicious cycle. The fear kept me from acting to address whatever the situation was. And as a result, I continued to to stay in in a bad place and dealt with the resulting depression uh, because I was so disappointed in myself or disappointed in the situation, but it was fear and the resulting lack of action, very simply, that were the driving factors for that significant depression and, and the stress that accompanied it. And um, so that, that's kind of the background. And I don't want to end on a dark dark note, but we are going to come back around to the to the solution here, or at least what I experienced is the primary solutions to that kind of mental state, unhealthy mental state here in just a little bit. Um, but I appreciate all of you showing or both of I say all of you, we don't have 20 people <laughs> on here, but I, I appreciate both of you sharing um, your experiences in that. And, um, and so this really just acts as a great segue. Now we can kind of turn back around and go back to the solutions. And, and we'll just do it in order that we started. So Haley, maybe you can kind of share what you learned from that experience. And then some of the practical tips that you enacted in your life that made a difference that can help pull you out of it.
2: Yeah. So the first thing um, I realized is that I did not know my limits, um, or recognize when I had had too much on my plate um, because I was working that full-time job on top of also shooting and editing on my own because I, at the time, wasn't using any outsourcing companies, but I will this year.
0: How dare you?
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> but what what I realized was I needed to learn what my limits were um, and now I'm more aware of that. And I think you kind of have to have that fall to know what your limits are. And it's okay, just don't get to the point where you end up like me and you quit everything because you just can't handle it. And um, so now going back to starting again, I I know where my limits are. So that's my first tip: is just knowing your limits. And then the second one kind and
0: of. If you don't mind, before yeah. you go to the second one, it's, it's an interesting point of conversation, the limits and it's tied to something that might even kind of bite initially when you hear the word, but it's ego, right? Like we, we right. think that, mm-hmm. that we can handle it all or we can do it all, or even I think more unhealthy, we assume that we're the only ones that can do it. Um, my friend Thomas Flint is an incredible guy, first of all, but a, a talented photographer. He's up in Rochester, New York. Um, I had him on the podcast. Um, that's been, I don't know, a couple of months or so ago that, that we pushed out that episode. But he talked about this idea uh, when it comes to kind of sharing responsibilities in your business and and um, partnering with another person or another other people or other companies or otherwise um, in order to help run a business. And he talked about how photographers say that they are, quote, control freaks. And what that really means, what they're actually saying, whether they realize it or not, is mm. I'm the only one that can do this as good as me. Mm. Um, and, and we might be able to kind of twist that a different way. Maybe the assumption is that the, that the client actually cares that you're the only one that mm. is doing it. The reality is that's, a, that's kind of an ego driven mentality that isn't very accurate 98% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love that, that you bring up this point that um well first of all you realize that you couldn't do it all, but I think that it's maybe maybe it's good to encourage our listeners with the simple reality, which is that it's okay that you can't do it all. And that's why we have community. Um right. we've got people around you or companies around you or employees or otherwise a team mm-hmm. that can help support you so that you don't have to do it all. And I think that's really important to note.
2: Oh yeah, but- exactly. <laughs> And then that actually leads right into my second one was learning how to say no um, because i I know that I am terrible at shooting newborns. like I don't even have a newborn on my website, and I've shot quite a few, but I ended up not charging for those newborn sessions because I felt so terrible about how not the parents didn't think they were bad, but I as a photographer, know that they were not good. so I've learned like this year in my business, I'm saying no to newborns. I'm Mm -hmm. saying no to birthday parties because I don't enjoy them. Um, I'm saying no to any event that's not a wedding um, just because it's not something I want I wanna be spending my time doing because I'm not enjoying it. And if I'm not enjoying it, that is going to be reflected in the images that I produce. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a list of photographers that I will be referring people out to because of that. Um, So learning to say no And then the third one is actually uh, something I just started this year, is finding a passion outside of your career or your profession or whatever you want to call it. So I have started piano lessons, and it's something I've wanted to do my entire life. That's so cool. That's awesome. Well, my grandparents actually, my grandma plays piano, and she they kind of inspired me to do it because they actually graduated from college this past weekend. Um, they went back to school. Uh, they went for Bible school, but they have an associate's degree now and they're in their That's 70s. Amazing. I think Whoa. they're in their 70s. That's ahead. so cool. It just blew my mind that, you know, there, it's never too late to do something that you have if you have your mindset on it. So I was talking never to my grandma. Yeah, I was like, you know, she's, I call her Mimi. And I was like, Mimi, I really want to learn piano. Can you teach me? And she was like, Haley, I'm not a good teacher, but I'm, I know you can find someone. And I just got to talking with a friend and she was like, I teach piano. So now I'm doing that once a week and then practicing every day of the week. And it's, it's kind of nice to escape to something that's not, I'm not making money off of. And it's for me, it's not for anyone else.
0: Well, and it doesn't it doesn't seem like work, I guess, um, yeah. or it isn't work very simply in that, in that case. And that is nice to have that, not only a, a um, I guess, something that doesn't feel like, like, you, like you're forced to do it. You don't have to do it. You want yeah. to do it. That's really, really important. Um, I, I hope that most, if not all of us, are, are actually doing work that we want to do too. But it's nice <laughs> to be able to kind of break away from that and do something else. Um, and then also that gives us kind of a mental uh, release or mental distraction from the norm. And, and that's good for us I mean you're speaking about family who are in their 70s going back to school it, you know speaking of giving giving ourselves a challenge mentally even at that age it's so incredible but it's good certainly now as well um, to mix things up a little bit to challenge us uh, that's that's really really great that's powerful. I know that having uh, started riding motorcycles less than two years ago that's something that that gives me an escape mentally and almost the meditation. Uh, which I think is really, really important speaking of mental health, um, mm-hmm. that has made a, a significant impact on my life. But but being out on a motorcycle where really all of my senses and for that matter, my, my appendages have to actually be engaged uh, in the process and it and it allows me to kind of get away from from the work at hand. So that's kind of nice as well. But that's yeah. really that's really, really mm-hmm. powerful. And and I also love the point. I'll go back really quickly to to the point that you were making the second point that you made about focusing on the things that you actually like and um, letting go of the rest. That's really important. I think it's important, maybe even on a bigger picture level, too, to to acknowledge the fact that it's it will enable us to do the things that we like if we're very clear about our goals to begin with when we create a business model. Um, and mm-hmm. if we're clear about what we're actually reaching toward in our personal lives, we can create a business model that supports that. And part of that business model will be the thing that we actually want to do that we enjoy doing. And knowing that that's what we're going to be focusing on, um, then that is that is ultimately going to to enable us to To price to go after the the right market and Mm -hmm. price ourselves so that that particular passion can actually sustain us or support us. Uh, James Kelly actually just commented and I'll I'll show this here on the screen. He said, cooking is a big stress release for myself.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes,
0: I have to absolutely agree with you on that. That is a, add a glass of wine with that and it makes it even better.
2: (laughs) Yes. I agree with that as well. I love to cook. I don't like to do the dishes, but I love to cook.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening in James. And thanks for the comment too. Um, Heather, maybe we can jump to you at this point and, and you can share a little bit about some of the solutions that you found for the, the stresses that you were dealing with.
1: Yeah. So what I love, like I said earlier, what I love about these techniques is that they're free or very low cost and have been very effective for me. When I first started on this journey of, oh, I really need some help in this area. I really need to grow and learn in this area and learn how to better take care of myself mentally. Um, my first instinct, maybe like many Americans, is to. Um, think that I needed uh, a medication or a supplement, something that's going to help me with this area. And I actually spent a good bit of money on homeopathy and herbal supplements and things like this a few years ago. Spent a lot of money and honestly didn't see a lot of benefit. Um, because I realized that what really was needed for me was to retrain my brain, was to take a little bit of time, put in a little bit of effort and, um, and just address this area of my life. So the first thing was um, you may you guys may be familiar with Dr. Andrew Whale, Weil W E I L. He is incredible, and he has a breathing technique called the four seven eight technique. And I have a link to this. Um, he actually does a short video to demonstrate this technique, and he recommends doing it twice a day, every day. Um, what's incredible about this breathing technique is that it's it's good for our for our overall physical health, but it's good for our, our, um, our parasympathetic nervous systems. It's good for our mental clarity. Um, it calms our nervous systems down. It lowers our blood pressure. And so this breathing technique is something that I have implemented. I do this uh, twice a day, every day. I I'd even do this with my kids before bed. Um, I have one who tends to be a little bit more of a worrier. And I see that um, her mind is just occupied and her mind is going and she tends to Um, respond to stress differently than my younger one. And so uh, we'll do this breathing technique before bed every night. And it's calming everything down. And um, there's even some other really cool health benefits over time if you actually implement this technique a couple times a day every day. It's easy to do, it takes about a minute. And uh, like I said, we'll post a link to the video um, I highly, highly recommend this. And um, another thing is,
0: and I'll just comment real quick, Heather. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, you mentioned posting a link. Well, for those of you who, as I mentioned earlier, um, this, this episode will go out to the podcast. And If you actually go to dot we'll be posting links to resources that we're talking about in the show notes for this particular episode. Uh, so just go to com. Again, props to Haley for all the work that she does with the podcast. It's a, a ma- massive task, really. And, and even just the, the resources that she posts after each podcast episode is published. Um, it's just an incredible, incredible resource as a whole. So you guys make sure you take take a look at that. But to Heather's point, mm-hmm. that's where this link will be. And we'll make sure to link to that as well. I'll add as a side note to that, uh, Heather, it's interesting you talk about breathing. And I've had a couple of experiences with understanding, realizing the significance of, of breath or breathing. One was years ago, for those of you who've been to Vegas, and I'm sure they have them other places too, but you can, in Vegas, you can go and get hooked up to these oxygen machines, And breathe what is apparently pure mostly pure oxygen for, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. And you literally get a physical high Mm -hmm. from taking in this oxygen. You realize at times, and and what I realized uh, even, so I had that experience. That was incredible. Fast forward a number of years, and I may have mentioned it on on this, uh, on the Workflow Wednesday, certainly in the podcast in the past. But uh, my friend Nicole Goddard is a photographer who I've also had in the podcast introduced me to um, the idea of meditation. And um, the first time that I gave it a shot, I, I sat down, um, I think I'm looking, well, I'm looking over here to this room, I sat down in my, in my room and started breathing very, very deeply as part of my effort at meditation, kind of focusing on my breath. And I did this right before I went to bed, thinking that I'd have relax myself and I'd be able to sleep better. And it literally did the same thing or a very similar thing to those oxygen machines in, in Vegas. And it gave me a physical high. And you realize how, mm-hmm. at times, how shallow we're breathing just yes. uh, you know throughout the day and how different, how much uh, or significance breathing well uh, actually carries when it comes to not only our physical health, but ultimately our, our mental health, ultimately, as well. So uh, that, I'm really glad that you point that out. And as I said, we'll link to that resource in the show notes. But, but back to you.
1: Yeah, no, it's been huge. Um, That's awesome. So another huge thing for me that I've realized with my mental health is soothing music, and some prayer before bed, because anything that I'm worried about, I'm, I'm actively dealing with that before I go to sleep at night. So um, and the soothing music, there's a lot of uh, really cool, uh, soothing sleep music on YouTube that is incredible for going to sleep with. I'll put my headphones in, this is something I, maybe a lot of people have been doing this for years and this may not be very profound for some people, but it's been very revolutionary for me because I realized that if I don't de-stress each day before bed, I'm carrying that into into my night of sleep with me. I'm having trouble falling asleep, first of all, and I'm also sleeping in a way where my body's holding tension. So I actually developed TMJ a few years ago, which was horrifying to wake up and have your jaw locked in place because you were sleeping with stress and you were sleeping with anxiety. So I find that my bedtime routine is actually really critical for me to get a good night of sleep. So like I said, the prayer, Nathan might, for you, the, the, you know, like you mentioned the meditation, um, the, um, the deep breathing and the soothing music has been fabulous. So I know Delta waves, um, on YouTube are incredible and very soothing and relaxing, Um, another thing is, um, and Haley touched on this is creating margin in my life. And the word that she used for it was limits. And for me, the word that I've been using for it is margin. And that's also the title of this book written by, um, Richard, uh, or excuse me, yeah, Richard Swenson, he's a medical doctor. And, um, basically this book is about how he's calling overload the disease of our day. And he's saying margin is the cure. And so, um, This is a book that I highly recommend for because, again, those mental health, again, is a loaded topic. And there's a lot of different reasons that people deal with issues related to stress or anxiety um, as it relates to mental health. But I think margin is something we can all relate to and not overcrowding our lives, being able to say no, the ability to not overcommit. And he has a lot of practical tips in the book for what that looks like, how to actually this is a concept that I think comes more naturally for some people than others. But, um, so I highly recommend that real quickly. I cut out caffeine because, um, which is shocking to a vast number of Americans. I realize. (laughs) But but when you're dealing with stress and you, um, and you're talking about our mental health and the fact that our physiological selves are so connected to our, our mind, if our, if our, Nervous systems are kind of in overdrive already. Then adding caffeine is most likely for someone who's dealing with any level of stress or anxiety, it's just going to exaggerate all the symptoms that we're dealing with already. So, I am a coffee lover. I think that a life without coffee is sad. So, I found a really great organic decaf coffee that I love. So, I still am able to drink my coffee, but I'm not drinking it for caffeine. I'm not drinking it because I need the energy, because I don't have any energy without it. I'm just very sensitive to it. I So um, I would find that my thoughts would race and even my heart would race with caffeine. There were just physical symptoms I noticed were doing me no favors. It was adding to my problems falling asleep to begin with. So I cut that out. That is something very, very practical that...
0: Talk about uh, massive discipline too. <laughs>
1: I don't know. When it makes you feel oh, yeah. uh, you know, awful, it's not difficult to cut it out. You just replace it with a good organic decaf and you're good to go. So um, Absolutely. One other thing that was very, very helpful for me, and this is very much um, mind slash stress slash anxiety slash physical, kind of all rolled into one, but Epsom salt baths. Um, And when I say Epsom salt, we're talking about magnesium sulfate, which is a highly absorbable form of magnesium, which is known to um, help with uh, stress and anxiety. So what I'll do is I'll put two cups of Epsom salt in my bath, I'll put half a cup of baking soda, and I'll put 10 drops of lavender essential oil. And not only is that a good detox bath, but it's also very good for peace of mind, relaxation, de-stressing, and there's other health benefits as well, but specifically for the issues that I struggle with. I try to do that a couple times every week, and um, that's just, like I said, a real easy way to get a magnesium and some people who str- struggle with stress and anxiety and not responding to it well have magnesium deficiencies and don't realize there's a physiological component to what they're dealing with, it, you know, mentally. And, um, but there are a lot of magnesium supplements that maybe aren't great quality or maybe can make people feel a little sick to their stomachs. And so I highly recommend Epsom salt baths for that.
0: And you mentioned adding baking soda to mm-hmm. that as well. What's the significance of baking soda in that?
1: Uh, it's a detoxifier. It's a, um, and I haven't done a ton of research on it. Doctor Axe has a really great article. Uh, that's another link that I have. But there's a really great, um, some really great articles on his website of different types of baths for different purposes, and many of them in- involve baking soda and Epsom salt. And I think that the combination of those things mm-hmm. is a detoxifier and a de stressor So, um, so anyway, yeah. yeah
0: so that's a, I mean, I, and I appreciate the the load of information and the resources. And, and again, to Heather's point, we'll make sure to to link to these resources. Um, in the show notes, and 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 you know, with anything that that we talk about, especially regarding health, um, it, a lot of it's subjective. As I mentioned earlier, of course, we're not health professionals. Do mm-hmm. do your own research. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to your doctors or your your health or mental health professionals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this is yeah. really good stuff because you know ultimately it's it's nice to hear from a friend or somebody that that you you trust about an experience that they had and something on a very practical level that's worked for them. And and so I appreciate you sharing that with us. I have one question too. Uh, just before I share a little bit of, of what I found as solutions um, for my situation, and that is about the music. I used to listen to music uh, quite a bit actually growing up. Um, I, I put a particular kind of music on and listened to that. Like back in the day, it was CDs, right? So we'd, we'd stick a CD on, and, and then I'd go to sleep with, the, I guess, the CD playing, and it would finish out, and it was done, or maybe a tape even. Um, but do you find that – I know that we have easy access to, to our phones now, so you have YouTube all the time, anytime – uh, and maybe that's really the answer to the question, but do you find that you're ever in a situation where you don't have easy access to that music? And as a result of this habit that you've kind of developed listening to music before you go to bed, that actually keeps you from going to sleep as easy.
1: That's a great question. Seriously. And the only time that that has actually been an issue is when we went on a our, uh, we went on a cruise in December and didn't pay for internet. And so I didn't have the music that I typically listen to in the evenings and, um, and that I just went with the breathing at that point. Is I didn't okay. have the music. it's It's not to me, I wouldn't say that I'm completely dependent on it. I would just say it's been absolutely one of the most helpful things for um, a racing mind at night or trouble falling asleep. What amazes me is how many different types of frequencies frequencies there are in music, and how many different types of health and mental issues they you know they've de- they've determined, scientists have determined. Are helpful for those different issues. And so and all of that, there's all of that on YouTube. But no, that was a great question. And the only time that that was, you know, an issue for me was the one time that we were, you know, without internet for a week uh, on our cruise. And um, I just fell back on my 478 breathing technique, and it, it worked like a charm. So it's something that I enjoy having. And it's very helpful. But I wouldn't say that I've, you know, that there's any sort of unhealthy dependency on it.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Cool. Well, I'll just share very briefly um, about my experience as well. And, and then maybe we can kind of close this all up with a few additional comments or resources. I know we've mentioned a lot already. And that's we talk about offering something practical. That's one of the things mm-hmm. that I really want to make sure that we offer you all who are both watching and listening um, that you have something practical you can take away from this and maybe try yourself if you haven't already. But just on, on again, on a practical level, the first kind of solution to the stress that I was talking about uh, personally dealing with earlier Um, And specifically related to fear. And then, of course, the resulting lack of action taken when it came to dealing with whatever situation was facing me that was causing that initial fear uh, to begin with um, was a book that that's called reawaken or actually awaken the giant within. This is a book by Tony Robbins. And I think I've referenced it um, certainly in the podcast before. Uh, But Awaken the Giant Within, Tony actually put out a follow-up to that called "Reawaken the Giant Within, and that's actually the one that we're going to link to in the show notes and that I'd certainly recommend. Um, It's only about 100 pages, so it's a shortened version, simplified, and it's free, by the way, which is great. You can download it for your Kindle or you can download it as a PDF. And um, it is one of the most powerful books that you'll probably ever read if you're willing to actually apply the psychological principles in it. And for those of you who are not familiar with Tony Robbins' work, basically uh, if if I were to try to sum up what he does, he's he's taken what he has learned in from from the psychology world over years and years of study, as well as interaction with with uh, just ultimately millions probably of people at this point, and distilled it down into psychological principles that are easily applicable to your lives. Again, if you're willing to actually do something with it, you know there's a lot of information out there. Whether it's something as simple as the resources that we're going to share from this episode, or books or podcasts or YouTube videos or otherwise that, I mean, it, it makes us feel good maybe in the moment to listen to it or to watch it. But if we're not actually doing anything with it, um, well, you're, you're just missing out very simply. And uh, Tony's book actually made such a significant impact on my life that um, the, the two factors from that book that I'll speak about in a little bit more here in just a second, um, I actually got tattooed on, on my arm. So um, on, on my right arm, and you can kind of see it, I'll turn it this way. Um, This is the Japanese word for choice. It's the word sentaku in Japanese, and then on my left arm, the the word kakushin or belief in Japanese as well. And one of the things that he talks about, uh, and really, if you if you distill your day to day life down, um, you know, people talk about how love makes the world go around, and and that that certainly may be the case, or at least part of what makes the the world go around. But you can literally look at everything that you do, and in some form or fashion. Belief or choice or both are involved in everything that you do. And that's really powerful when you think about it. If, if you're confused about why you are feeling or ultimately behaving a particular way or why somebody else is feeling and or behaving a particular way, uh, you can you can ask the question, what is it that they are believing? Uh, or in my case, personally, what was it or what is it that I am believing that is making me feel this way. And kind of the order, and you'll understand this more when you read his book, but the order of things is belief, which translates, if the belief is significant enough, it translates to emotion. Uh, And then if that emotion is significant enough, it translates to action. And so what we have to ask is, is what's at the root of this feeling and maybe behavior, and it's a belief. Or more specifically, what we were talking about earlier and what Heather alluded to, which is the idea of the meaning that you give to something, so we all have experiences uh, that largely make up who we are. And we get to decide, and again, I'll I'll credit Tony on this because he talks about this in his book, but we get to decide what meaning we give to that particular experience. And the meaning that we give to that experience will translate to, well, ultimately, or it's almost one and the same as the belief about that experience and the associated principles, and then ultimately how we feel as a result And then, of course, that feeling uh, can and or will translate to action. So I I began to understand the significance of belief, both belief and then the significance of choice, too, because, you know, there's a tendency in our culture uh, and and it almost goes without saying, really, but to to say I am X fill in the blank. Right. I am this thing. I am that thing. Uh, Even down to something like I am an introvert or I am an extrovert the reality is that's, that's really easy to say, and most of culture can understand what that means when you say it, but at the root of that label is still a belief and or a series of beliefs that have led to a particular emotion and behavioral pattern. And when you understand that there is an equation of that type that's associated with uh, what you have now created as a label that describes yourself, um, You understand that you can make change, that you actually have a choice to make change to the meaning that you're giving to that particular thing Mm -hmm. or those series of experiences or otherwise. Um, And that choice is extremely powerful, because if you choose to change the belief or the meaning that you associate with those experiences, you have the ability to change your emotion and as a result, then change the way that you actually live life. So these are really, really powerful principles. and, And again, that's a that's very much a summary other principles, and I cannot recommend enough this book, Reawaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Again, it's free, I don't, it's not like I get some kind of perk from talking about it. It's just made such a massive impact in my life. And um, if you don't read any other book this year, uh, I recommend reading this one because it'll have a significant impact both on your personal life and, and that will of course also translate to your business life as well. I, I will throw this out there um, just as, a, as an addendum if you will. Um, and that is the significance of something I already mentioned. Uh, Heather alluded to prayer uh, for me personally, it, it looks like meditation. And and I, I say as an addendum because I'm certainly not an expert and I've yet to be consistent with it. Uh, and it's one of those kind of ridiculous things where you you get, you get positive benefits from it and yet you're not, you don't actually follow through. You're not consistent with it and it doesn't make any sense. Logically, it
1: doesn't <laughs> make
0: any sense that I haven't been more consistent, but um,
1: we can all relate to that.
0: Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've receive such a significant benefit from mm-hmm. the the process of meditation. And, and it, again, it's a subjective thing. It's going to look different for different people. Uh, for me, I, and, and there's a book that I that I also cannot recommend enough. It's called The Untethered Soul. And we'll link to that in the, the show notes as well. Uh, when poor it comes Haley. to the say that again,
1: poor Haley, so many resources today. <laughs>
0: yeah, Haley, Haley's making it. we can hear her taking notes there. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank and, you, Haley.
1: I have a couple more too, Haley. No um,
0: worries. Yeah, and we'll we'll uh, make sure to link to all these in the show notes. But uh, untethered soul, when it comes to the topic, not only of understanding meditation and in a very healthy yet not overwhelming way to go about approaching meditation. Um, Michael Singer, the author of this book, um, addresses the topic of the voice in our head, and when we're talking about mental health and ultimately having peace of mind, we can all relate to this idea of the voice inside our head that almost acts as a narrator for our life. Uh-huh. And and Michael dis- addresses this very topic in such a what was actually initially a little bit frustrating to me. He kept repeating. These concepts or principles over and over and over again, and I'm so I'm kind of jaded by business and self-help books that tend to be repetitive and there's not a there's a lot of fluff and not a lot of actual practical information. I got frustrated as I was I was reading this thing and he was he was repeating himself and repeating himself and then finally it clicked and, and it made sense to me what he was describing the principle or principles behind this idea the voice inside our head and how we let that control our lives. And then, of course, this, ultimately the significant role that meditation can play in learning to set that aside, not give it the significance that we do, and ultimately the peace of mind that that can bring to us. So uh, we'll link to that, that book uh, in the show notes as well. Meditation, personally for me, looks, uh, aside from riding motorcycles, and believe it or not, that really can be meditative, um, sitting. In fact, I just got back from Vegas this past week um, at WPPI, but I also... Went with my friend, Chad de Blasio, photographer and, and good friend of mine. Great guy. Uh, we, we rented motorcycles and rode out into the desert. And talk about meditative when you're, you're riding through this landscape that essentially looks like Mars. Uh, nothing, you know, pretty much nothing around you. And it gives you the opportunity to, to essentially meditate, to clear your head and to be present and just enjoy the simple beauty of nature. And it was, it was an incredible experience. But aside from motorcycle riding, just a simple act of taking 10 minutes, sitting down, closing my eyes, Um, And and again, you understand this more if you read Michael's book, but seeing a thought come into my mind and then seeing it out of my mind and repeating that process over and over and over again. And I've gone so deep, um, even in a span of 10 minutes or or 20 minutes in that meditative process, being a a rookie meditator and and still, uh, you know, it feels kind of like so much to learn about going deep with meditation. Um, I've gone so deep in that physically that when that that kind of uh, chimes alarm that I have set on my phone goes off. It, it, it kind of jolts me awake. Um, and, and not that I was actually asleep. It just you, you're, you're able to, to really, truly clear your mind in a way that's extremely powerful and ultimately very, very peaceful. So can't recommend it enough, but de- definitely check out that book as a kind of a primer, if you will. Um, Heather, you mentioned that you have a couple of additional resources.
1: Oh, no, I'll I'll um, I think I mentioned them already, but I okay. think I probably just need to send them to Haley. But I just had a, a, a kind of a closing thought on my end. And yeah. that is that when we talk about mental health and we talk about all these things that have benefited us, I think that somewhere along the line, it all starts to feel really narcissistic. And I think that we have to at yes. some point say, you know what, like life, it, like I think it's a beautiful thing. But the more I focus on myself. Which there, to some extent, we have to do that. But I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the importance of reaching out, investing in others, investing in healthy relationships, and um, you know, putting a high priority on that, even when we don't feel like it. Because if you guys are anything like me, if I'm feeling stress and if my mind is cluttered, I'm not great about being proactive. And so whenever I take the time, and honestly, for us, Rich is often the one who tends to reach out and schedule something with a friend. And when, when we do that, we always are so, so thankful and so glad that we put in the time to invest in our relationships and maintain healthy relationships and invest in community. Because at the end of the day, I think that those are some of the most powerful, profound ways to, um, to just be be healthy mentally, you know, is to be healthy relationally. I think that those two go hand in hand. So, um, and I know you feel the same way, Nathan, and I love that. And I'm I love nodding we, enthusiastically when- <laughs> for those of you who can't see. <laughs> I, yeah, so I love it when we get together, I love it when we have meaningful conversation, we invest in each other, we grab brunch or a cup of coffee or whatever, and you just go, you just leave feeling you feel less stressed, you feel uh, recentered, you feel um. You know, invigorated or inspired or challenged or encouraged or whatever it might be. And I think that's a huge key also um, as we you know to mental health.
0: it's It's so important. and I'll just follow this up and then Haley, I want to go to you and get your closing thoughts as well. but i'm I'm so glad that you brought this up, Heather, because it's it's a really important topic and and really maybe even something we should have hit on first, it's so important. Um, I had a conversation with uh, or maybe even a series of conversations really with my son not real long ago. And we were talking about um, an issue or some issues that had come up um, around culture, I guess, teenage culture and uh, kids at school and and um, even in, even in my daughter's life as well. And one of the things that I said to him and I, I realized more as I was having this kind of conversation with him or with them was, some of the things that we end up making a really big deal in our lives. um, We're able to do that because we're lucky enough to be in a, in a Mm -hmm. first world culture where we don't have to think about food. We don't have to think about clothing. We don't have to think about shelter. And we have all of this time on our hands. Even if you say that you're busy, uh, I think many times that's a cop out anyway, we have all of this Mm -hmm. time on our hands that enables us to go inward, to focus inward. And the moment that we stop thinking about ourselves so much uh, it's amazing what it can do to, as we're talking about, address some of the mental health or more specifically give us more peace of mind. When we focus outward, when we pour into someone else or into other people, um, that really can make a significant difference. Now, there's absolutely something to be said, as you as you alluded to, Heather, that uh, to, to taking care of ourselves on multiple levels and to, to having some time to ourselves as well. But community is massive. And if if you're if you're confused or at a loss, even after listening to some of these suggestions, ideas that we've brought to this episode uh, as to how to address stress or lack of peace of mind or mental health um, struggles that you're having go first to spending time with other people, even if it's one person or two people and doing so and not just surface level conversation, but going deep and investing in them, see how you can pour into their lives, how you can give to them, how you can help them. And that will absolutely make a massive difference when it comes to quality of mental health. So thank you for bringing that up. That's really, really, really important. And I'm so glad you did. Um, Haley, any closing thoughts from your end as well?
2: yeah so that what you're talking about the community was actually a point that I was going to make, but I didn't know how to make it sound correct. I guess I don't know <laughs> um, but with sorry, my cat just jumped up here and it scared me, <laughs> but one thing that on multiple podcast episodes now has been uh when you're asking about their technique for time or a tool that they use. So many people have said that they just schedule time with mm-hmm. other people. And I remember the very first episode I was editing in my head, I thought, well, duh. But then <laughs> after multiple people saying it, I was like, well, am I actually implementing this in my life? Because, yeah, I schedule appointments and I schedule workflow Wednesdays and things related to work, but am I taking the time to put something on the calendar with my friends? And I'm one of those friends that will say, hey, yeah, let's hang out. And then nothing ever happens because I'm just too busy with my own life. But that's that's not true because how many television shows do I watch at a time? And how often do I binge watch Netflix on the weekends? And I could be spending that time with more friends. So As of the last few weeks, I've been saying, reaching out to a certain friend every week and saying, hey, let's go to lunch this day or let's hang out this weekend or let's go get our nails done on Sunday or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And even though it sounds like such a an easy thing to do, it's it's hard if you're not really, truly thinking about I need to hang out with people. I need to get out of my house. Because as entrepreneurs, we are in our house a lot. Yeah. Or maybe that's just me, but.
0: No, it's true. <laughs>
2: so I I think that's a really good point that you brought up of just having that community and investing time into the people important in your life. Because it's not just, you know, your spouse or your parents or your family. It's There are friends out there that, for me, mean a lot to me. And if I'm not building and investing in that relationship, what am I doing with my time? Mm-hmm.
0: I think you summed it up beautifully. I'm not going to even try to yeah. add to that. Thank you very much, Haley, for kind of summing up our conversation today. Again, for those of you who've been watching on Facebook Live, thank you so much for joining us, for commenting, engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who are listening to the podcast just shortly after, well, of course, we'd be publishing this on at the Boca Podcast. Uh, make sure to go, go to uh, bocapodcast.com. Uh, If you want to see the show notes, the links to the resources that we talked about today, again, BocaPodcast.com, you can keep up with the Boca podcast, of course, not only by subscribing to the podcast there with the links at BocaPodcast.com, but you can also uh, see what's going on with the podcast, see follow-up quotes um, and uh, episodes that have just been published, a number of resources there. Uh, Haley, again, has done an incredible job, not only with the individual posts, but Instagram stories as well. So make sure you go to Boca podcast uh, b-o-k-e-h podcast on instagram and of course this is produced by photographers edit photographers edit.com and you can follow us on instagram at photogs edit ladies thank you so much for joining us today for workflow wednesday it's been a really good conversation and um, I, I can't thank you enough for for throwing into that conversation for giving to the conversation
1: absolutely yeah. thanks, thanks for having me nathan <laughs> you guys all right
0: bye Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.